Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Even if you just do two minutes every day for now, then that is so much better than no minutes. When you do start moving your body, you start to crave it more and you start to want to do it more. I have an absolute ball of energy joining me today to kick off this new year for all of us. Who better to have on the show than Lizzie Williamson, dubbed by the US media as the excuse buster from Down Under. Lizzie is the founder and author of Two Minute Moves, TEDx and keynote speaker, fitness presenter and certified personal trainer. She is a regular on morning television and in global news publications with her work featured on Good Morning America, Studio 10, The Today Show, Women's Health and Prevention magazine. Through her fun interactive keynotes, workshops and videos, Lizzie motivates workforces around the world to integrate micro-movement breaks into their day so that they can be most engaged, energised and their happiest selves. She has got hundreds of thousands of attendees around the world stretching, moving and dancing at conferences featuring President Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Ariana Huffington and the Dalai Lama. Lizzie is refreshing, uplifting and a joy to be around. Let's meet the gorgeous Lizzie Williamson. Lizzie, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome and welcome to 2024. Let's go. Like, I can't believe that you and I are literally minutes away from each other, but we're still doing this online because I need to capture your energetic beauty on the screen. So uh, let's kick in, Lizzie. We've got a lot to talk about. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? It's the fact that we all know that we need to be exercising, we need to be sitting less and moving more, and yet so many of us aren't doing enough of it. And why is that? It's because it's really hard. There are some days that we just don't have the time, we're way too busy, we feel chained to our desk, we've got things going on with us physically, and then also mentally. If we are struggling mentally, it can feel impossible to do. So let's talk about how to reimagine this whole exercise thing so we can actually make it easier for us to get all the incredible benefits that come from doing it. Oh, I love it. You're talking my language as an ex-trainer. Right now, I'm probably feeling the unfittest I've ever been in my life, having gone through back surgery and about to embark on the lovely menopause element. Things have changed. You know, I'm in a really different state. So I'd love to dig in about you know, the way that you encourage people to get active and your first book that's been around now for what, coming up eight years, Two Minute Moves, I guess you kicked that off back in the day. How did you get into this field, Lizzie, and why is it an area you're so passionate about? I actually got into it because it saved my life because 15 years ago I had a baby and a toddler and I was really, really dark. 
I felt like I was at rock bottom and I was having really, really horrible thoughts and I just was feeling really incapable of taking action. I felt incredibly stuck. And it turns out at that time, I didn't know it, but when I finally went and saw my doctor that I had postnatal depression. And she said to me when I was there after giving me my treatment options and telling me what I was experiencing, because 15 years ago, I hadn't really heard of it. I just thought that there was something wrong with me. Why couldn't you just go out and do all the things that you did before you had a baby, before you were feeling like this? Come on, get on with it. What's wrong with you? But when she explained to me what was going on and gave me my treatment options and she said to me this thing that led me on this path, and it's a thing that so many of us have heard before, but sometimes it takes this one person, this one moment to really hear it. And she said to me, when you get on a plane and they tell you in an emergency, you have to put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others, that's what you have to do. And I remember thinking, you know, what can this oxygen mask thing be for me? I don't have any time. I couldn't even go to the toilet by myself without my toddler following me in there. I felt so exhausted. All felt really hopeless. But it was one of those moments for me, and I know that so many of us have experienced these moments where you're at a crossroads and you've got to dig really deep and find some kind of grit or something in you to take some kind of action. And that was me in this moment. And so the next day I went to my kitchen bench and I was there. And because I used to be a professional dancer, I spent my whole life dancing. And every morning before school, I'd be there at my little ballet bar in the garage, my parents' house. I'd be doing my plies. I could dance for hours. And I think that's why it was so crazy for me that I couldn't get myself to do the thing that always made me feel so good. It was always a thing that I would go to for, for joy, for happiness, for energy. And so this day, I remember I was there at my kitchen bench and I put my hands on it like it was my ballet bar. And Michelle, I cannot even comprehend how hard this was for me to do at the time, but I got myself to do just one plie, one little leg bend, and it felt so, so hard. And then I got myself to do one more, and I did that. And then I did another and another, and I couldn't go on for, for very long, and that was this moment where I had, in a way, a aha moment. Now, it was very small. Fireworks didn't go off. But I thought, oh, I can do this again. I'm going to do this again tomorrow. And then I did that again the next day and the next. And even though there's that voice in my head saying to me, come on, that's going to do nothing, that feeling that I felt, the feeling of achievement brought me back again the next day and the next. And that's when I started to very slowly realize that I was so stuck in this very common mindset when it comes to things like exercise, because I couldn't just walk out the door anymore whenever I wanted to, because I had two little kids at home. I also really didn't feel like it. I was so unmotivated. So 
What did I do? I did nothing. And it turns out that as I then started to share these, there's no social media then, but I'd share little videos that I'd film and send it to a friend of a friend who I knew was struggling with their mental health and another one, another one, then social media came to be and I started sharing these little videos that ended up being called Two Minute Moves, these little moments that you can take in your day to move your body, to help you feel a bit better and help in those times when you think, I just can't get myself to do 30 minutes 60 minutes, whether that's the way you feel, whether that's injuries, or whether it's simply life getting in your way. So what do people say, though, around that? Because you just said that, you know, it's not really making a difference. And what's two minutes going to do? And I know I feel like that on my bike when I think I haven't got enough time. I've got a stationary bike that I bought, you know, just before COVID. And it kind of got us through, my husband and I, all through that time. We were, you know, cycling all through the kind of lockdowns, which was fabulous for our mental health as well as our physical health. But sometimes I just go, I haven't got 20 minutes or a half an hour. I'm like, just get on there for 10 minutes. That's okay. And so I do have that psychological battle with myself. How do you overcome or or educate people that two minutes is enough? And is there science to back that now? There absolutely is. And the first step we need to do is look at all these rules that we have around exercise that we've set up or the fitness industry or however it's come to be, that exercise has to be this certain amount of time, 20, 30, 60 minutes, or it doesn't count. It has to be, for many of us, a certain location. We have to go out and do it. It's a separate part of our life. For many of us, it has to give us certain results. And if it doesn't do it, it's not worth doing. And then also we need some kind of special equipment or thin, fancy active wear or even our sneakers to actually do it. So the first step is to start breaking some of these exercise rules. When you start to think about it, your body, your brain does not care about all these rules that we have all set up about what this exercise thing has to look like. Your body and brain, it just wants you to move. However, whenever, so you can function at your best because that's how we are designed to function at our best, through moving our body. So the first thing we want to do, break those exercise rules and secondly, switch this all or nothing mindset. If it has can't be like, you know, whatever we think it has to look like, we do nothing and we wait till tomorrow, the next day, the next, whenever, or when we're feeling better, when we're fitter, when we can get to a certain location. We take that all or nothing into all or something and start to get in the mindset that something is so much better than nothing. Two minutes is so much better than no minutes. There is so much research. I've just written this new book. I could have filled this book with pages and pages and pages and pages of research showing that 150 minutes that the guidelines say that we need to do for physical activity, that. 30 minutes, that 60 minutes, whatever it is we want to do a day, it doesn't matter if that is all in one chunk or broken up in little pieces. The effect, the results are exactly the same. And in fact, there is some research, there's Edith Cohen University research in Perth. They've done a lot of research in this idea of taking little moments in your day to work, for example, on your strength work and how short moments every day is more effective than doing just one or two big, long strength exercise sessions in your week. There's another study by Columbia University that shows that taking just one minute to have a quick walk, 
Every 30 minutes that you're there sitting down at work greatly increases your energy and improves your mood. There is so much research about this idea of taking these little micro breaks, micro boosts, or as I like to call them, micro moves. Oh, I love it. So much in there, Lizzie. That's great. And I don't know if you've noticed, for those that can't see us, I'm literally doing squats while we're talking. <laughs> we're both standing while we're doing our podcast and I like, can't help doing these little little moves while we're chatting. So uh, you're having an impact on me immediately. I, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast where they're walking, but if you're sitting there driving, there's lots of other different exercises you can do too, which we'll get Lizzie to talk about in a minute. But I want to talk more about that piece you just said about what is the research saying now for how many minutes are they recommending for a, in a week to do? And you said you can break that up. What is the ultimate amount of time? The guidelines is 150 minutes of moderate exercise. We also want to add in there some higher intensity moments as well. But here's the thing. I think what happens is we look at that number We look at some days, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and it feels so unachievable. And how much more achievable does two minutes sound to 30 or 60? So yes, we have this ultimate goal, you know, what the governments, World Health Organization are telling us to do. But it seems to me that that is putting so many of us off because if we can't do it, then we just think, oh, well, it's just exercise doesn't work for me this week. It's just not possible. So what I always say to everyone is, yes, that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for that 150 minutes to 200 minutes. We're aiming to get in that 30 minutes of higher intensity exercise. But start with something. Start with a little moment. Even if you just do two minutes every day for now, then that is so much better than no minutes. And why? Because that little step then makes the next step that little bit easier and that little bit easier for the next step. And you start to build momentum. And what the research shows is that when you do start moving your body, you start to crave it more and you start to want to do it more. And you feel it. If you haven't exercised, if you haven't moved your body very much, physically active for a week or so, start to kind of forget that you need it. And then a couple of weeks go by, a couple of weeks go by. Yet if you do a little bit of it, your body, your brain, it rewards you. It gives you all those beautiful chemicals and hormones and says, oh yes, let's do that again sometime. And then you do it again and again. So if you were to look at what the guidelines are saying, for example, with breaking up long hours of sedentary sitting, we want to get up every 30 minutes, stand up if you can, or the other idea is to actually move in your chair as well because not every one of us can, can get on up. We've got things, things going on. And so this idea of breaking that up every 30 minutes now that doesn't necessarily have to look like you getting up and, and doing 20 star jumps or going off and doing a 30-minute walk. That could simply look like moving your body out of that same stuck position that it's been in for a while. You can imagine that you have dropped some pens on the ground and that you lean down and you pick up one pen and then pick up the other pen and just do that a few times. Simply moving your head from side to side is a beautiful thing to do for your neck. Rolling your shoulders back. It's this idea that we're always looking for the 
the big thing that we need to do, this big way that we can break up long hours of sitting, this big way that we can add in exercise into our life. But all those little moments that you take to look away from your screen for a moment, to roll your shoulders back, to drop down and pick up some imaginary pens, to stretch out your leg, all those little moments really do add up. Fantastic. And do you have any exercises for cars? Like if you are driving or you have to stuck in traffic? I mean, I always do, been doing Pilates to rebuild my back strength up. So when I'm sitting, I'm always sort of doing stuff with my core, sitting in the seat and, you know, concentrating on that. But do you have any recommendations? It is one of my most requested two-minute moves, a car workout, and is one of my most viewed workout on my YouTube channel. The first one is a stand-up desk workout. The second one is a housework workout that I did about nine years ago, and uh, I look at it and I cringe, but people love it. And the third one is the car workout. I love, love a car workout. In fact, I just did a whole video series for an organization that has a lot of people going out and taking care of, of people driving out and seeing them, physios and all those sorts of people and little things that they can do in their car. If you came on a road trip with me, you would laugh. So here's what I do. When I pass a sign, so I'm on the freeway, I see a sign and that is my little cue that I need to shift my body out of this same stuck position. So I do a little tilt to my neck to one side and tilt my neck to the other side. Now, if I'm in a light, then I obviously can look down off the road and come back up, but you can still move your neck around a, a little bit there. Definitely some shoulder shrugs, bring your shoulders up to your ears and then roll them on back down. If you're in your car, a nice thing to do is press your head back up against the, the headrest there. I've got my hands on my wheel and so I stretch out. If you know like a cat-cow in yoga, that idea of arching your back one way and arching your back the other way, that's a beautiful way. You can use your steering wheel. It's quite subtle. So cat-cow there, a little twist to the back and twist to the other side, keeping eyes on the road. So it's like you're doing a little look behind, but you're not a little twist, 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 twist. And if you're on cruise control or if you're at a lights with the handbrake on, if you need it on, you lift one knee up and then you lift the other knee up to give your hip flexors a little bit of love. And if you are at the lights and if you're game, if you love Pilates, the old Joseph Pilates moves where he has his hands out and stretched in front and he does his little circles round and round of your hands. I do those. You take your hands off the wheel when it's safe to do so and you're real round and round circles. I love, love a car workout. So yeah, if you're on a long car trip, that beautiful little moment, you just go, um, twist, twist, side, side, shoulder, neck, neck. Okay, great. Keep driving. And I tell you what, I get out of that car and my body feels so much better than it would have if I hadn't taken all those little moments. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so now your work is leading into, you know, more in that sort of corporate space as well and helping people in their everyday workday. We spend so many hours at work every day and, you know, a lot of people are more open, I guess, to having standing desks and understanding that that's better for you. But still, we are pretty sedentary in our um, daily jobs. Your brand new book that is out in the next week or so, so 30th of January, if you're listening to this when this first comes out, The Active Workday Advantage. Tell us more about that, Lizzie, and why you're spreading this message so far and wide and why it's so important. When I look at the benefits of actively moving our body, how it makes us think better, how it makes us feel better, I was starting to look at that and go, 
Why is it then that we are not using this incredible tool in our workday? There's so much talk about we need to you know, be more productive, have higher performance, that we need to crank out all of this work. We're needing to be more focused because so many of us are getting distracted. And there's so much fatigue as well in our days. It's like this collective fatigue. And then, of course, there's what's going on with so many of our bodies, and especially those of us who have transitioned to working from home. The people I speak to are sitting so much more on these back-to-back meetings, but it's not just sitting there. It's like they can't move, literally chained to their desk because it's one meeting, next meeting, next meeting, there's no time. And then when my daughter, she's 15, and, and she came home from school and she was just just had this huge rant about how school is set up and they're just sitting for hours and they don't get to take breaks and they're all falling asleep and they can't stay focused and all of those things. I just thought, oh my goodness, school is like that. She's going to go into the workforce and that's like that too. I've got to try and make a change here. And what I have learned in the two-minute move space, this idea of these small little moments of movement thought, let's try and get that into our workday. Now, not easy to do. Lots of things that get in our way. First of all, there is no way I'm going to exercise at work. That's just my separate thing. But unfortunately, what the research shows, including one huge Australian study, is that even if you are doing your gym class in the morning or going for that walk at night, if you're still spending the majority of your day sitting in a sedentary way, those exercise things you're doing outside of work, it's not necessarily enough to counteract all the negative impact that come from long, prolonged hours of of sitting. So how do we get moving more in our workday? And that's the book that I wanted to write. How do we use this incredible tool to help us be more engaged, be more energized, also be happier at work? It's such an incredible tool for happiness. So first step, I thought, right, well, we've got to reimagine the whole exercise thing because if I tell anyone to exercise at work, they just think, well, there's no way I'm going to be getting up and doing 20 star jumps in, in front of colleagues or anything. So we need to turn this whole exercise word into energize. So we take exercise, take out a couple of letters, and it becomes the word energize. I need to exercise today compared to I need to energize today. I need to exercise at work. I need to energize at work because that's what exercise is. That's what movement does. It gives us more energy. So how can we find those little moments in our day to move our body a little bit more, to switch on our brain, to help our body feel better and to help us feel more energized and more connected with others? Because what I've found in all the workplaces and companies I've worked with, where there is so much success with this idea is when everyone starts to do this together. When you are on a meeting and you start the meeting by saying, okay, everyone, you can have your cameras off, cameras on, it doesn't matter, but we are going to spend literally 30 seconds standing up or sitting down, having a stretch, look away from the screen, close your eyes for a minute, have a quick walk on the spot, whatever it is, we're going to do it together. We're going to turn on a song and have a dance together. And yes, we're going to be embarrassed and find it awkward, but the next time it's going to be easier and easier. And so I wanted to bring that into the book as well, how you can do this as an individual, but also how you can do this with the people that you interact with 
at work. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And I mean, I think at the start then when you're talking about schools as well, I imagine that's your next aim (laughs) to get into schools and start changing it right at the start. Absolutely. I used to go in when my girls were in primary school and I used to go in and do reading with the kids and my group was always the one who after each person had their turn, everyone had to get up, have a little quick jog on the spot like the ground was hot, reach up like you to the ceiling like you're reaching up what you want to reach for, sit back down, next person. <laughs> and then slowly, slowly, the other parents in the room started to do that too because here's the amazing thing when you do something that is perhaps a bit uncomfortable at the beginning. You do it. It might feel uncomfortable for you and everyone around you might go, oh, gosh, that looks a bit uncomfortable. But then by you doing it, you give the person next to you permission to do it as well. And then that person gives permission to the next person and the next And there is this ripple effect that happens. So in those moments where perhaps you are feeling, I don't know whether I want to tell everyone on this meeting to have a stretch. I don't know whether I want to have a little stand up and walk on the spot. I don't know whether I want to be brave enough to see if I can have this meeting doing a walk and talk. What you can think to yourself is, you know what, this is actually a gift that I'm giving to that person who's in front of me, who's next to me. I'm giving them the gift of going, it's okay to take these little moments for our physical and our mental well-being. It's okay to bring this in to our workday, to not necessarily have to just power through the entire time without doing the one little thing that our bodies and brains crave us to do so much. Mm, it's so true and there's no real excuse now. I think, you know, if those that wear an Apple Watch or, you know, one of those kind of watches, often they just do it automatically. They're like, it's time to stand. You've been sitting for too long. So it's a great prompter and, you know, not only just sort of ignoring it and dismissing it going, okay, I've just got to get up and I'll go, you know, and get a glass of water or I'll go and do something for those at work at home. You know, I go up and down my stairwell, maybe take some stuff up, go and put some stuff away. But I'm like, you know, going up and down the stairs is my little, you know, micro move as well. So there's lots of ways we can incorporate this. Lizzie, you are a wealth of information and I can't wait to uh, read your book when it comes out. So congratulations on all you do in this space. You're making those, you know, wonderful micro impact on people that is having a massive ripple effect yourself. So it's been an absolute delight to chat with you today. Thank you so much, Michelle. I've loved every moment of it. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. 